Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to another, another, uh, another, with a D on another episode of Audible Podcast. I'm your host, the man, the Wolster, uh, the Wardy sign. What's up, y'all? Uh, welcome back. We just we here, episode one hundred and eight. Back fresh off hiatus. We won't get back. We won't get all into that. We're going to get to is this episode. So, first of all, before we get everything started, I want y'all to go to crossstreams.com. We got a lot of podcasts. The podcasts keep growing um, and actually getting better and better and funnier and funnier. So, check out crossstreams.com. You'll find my my podcast on top of plenty of other players um, that chat it up and talk it up. Let's get to it. So, uh, this weekend, uh, we had the UFC, right? So I, I've discussed in the past how um, I am I'm going to get more into like the UFC as far as like the media side. I'm going to start doing more content on UFC, uh, UFC etc. Uh, through my YouTube, etc. I really want to get a media pass. I like there are sports that I've loved like uh, my whole life, like. Up until maybe like four years ago, five years ago, football was my sport, right? I didn't, like, I, I discuss basketball a lot more these days, but I didn't actually start watching basketball until like 2000. Jeez, like 2010-ish, 11-ish, probably like two, the the. 2010s, right? I've just always been a football guy. Like, I know everything that was going on in basketball. I know who won the championships, you know, uh, but I was a, really a, a casual. I didn't watch every game. You watch a Christmas game whenever I see something. But football every Sunday, that's what it was. You know, football is Sundays. You think about football Sundays, again, we've talked this before. The games, really pre-show started about 10, 11, and you watch it until 10, 11 at night when the Sunday night football goes. So, you know, if you think about once a Sunday, you probably donate 12, 13 hours of your day to the foosball. It's a lot of time. So um, when I finally got really away from football and I really wanted to just get more into just other things in general, right? MMA was one of the things that I jumped to. And it wasn't on purpose. Not like I said, you know, I need to find another sport. I just... I was bored of shit of football. And, you know, the Kaepernick thing got to get to me. You know, when you get older, you get a little bit more, uh, I don't know if it's righteous or self-righteous. But, you know, I have a, it's not like I didn't before, but I have a little bit more of a realistic, uh, moral code. Like, I don't have to watch some shit. If I think it's some terrible people, I don't have to say, well, it's terrible people anywhere. It's terrible people everywhere. Fuck it, I'm going to still deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's certain fast food places I don't eat. It's plenty of recording artists I don't listen to. Um, even ones that I grew up listening to because there's just a certain point where I, I just can't. Why would I ever separate an artist from like a person? Like, well, like actual people. What what the hell is that? It's like people who want to separate um, politics. Or oh, you can't talk about politics here. Well, uh, I don't know if y'all know the politicians in this particular country. This ain't Sweden, nigga. This ain't Finland. The politicians here are like 
actively taking shit away from people. Now, whether you the person that is being taken away from, that's another story. But it's happening. Whether it's rights, women's rights, uh, minority rights, trans rights, whoever rights, the bitches is getting left. The bitches is getting taken. So, to me, if you're ever um, just a big, you know, the country is, like, I look at how other people get treated to know I don't need to fuck with something. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need you to fuck over me. I don't need to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to have to go through, I can see other people get their hand burnt on the stove for me to know that motherfucker hot. Like, I don't, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's, you know, you got to try stuff. I'm good on stuff like that, but, you know, I don't, I don't need to touch the stove. So, the type of person I am, if I see a group of people getting fucked over, and I'm not in that group, and it has nothing really to do with me, but they get fucked over for no reason, I can't support that. I can't support nothing like that. So, uh, that's how I am. That's how I've always been. Um, so, all of that is why I stop. I don't eat, you know, I don't eat. I haven't eaten Chick-fil-A in years. Well, I've said I've, eaten, I've purchased it. Um, in years, people, you know, they buy it for work to get catering, whatever, whatever. But um, I haven't purchased that in years. I haven't listened to Wayne, Kanye's. It's been uh, whenever the Trump shit was. I guess it's been like six years. I just, uh, I just refuse to do it. Like, I, you know, people have different boundaries. There's people who who don't want to give up all Cali, sweet Lord. What what a motherfucker got to do? He does he have to? Uh, disembowel a motherfucker? Do you say does he have to put uh, the legs and feet uh, uh, buried across America for you know you to want to separate the artist from the the art? Um, but I don't get stuff like that. I never got into stuff like that. So when the football Kaepernick stuff came up, and I don't know, maybe I'm all I was already kind of on the on the rocks uh, when it came to football. But I just saw cowardice, and I saw just pretty overt racism. Like it's pretty overt racism, um, and some people choose to ignore it. Oh, that was fucked up, and they move on. I just haven't moved on. I, I kind of refuse to move on, and I've probably seen one football game um, since then. I, I don't really know. I don't remember what year that was. Um, but I haven't really watched it since then. The UFC is let, let me let me bring it back. The UFC is actually climbing those lines because uh, Dana White is, is fucking idiotic and is uh, fucking stupid as far as just like being a, a pighead, meathead type of guy. Um, to where. I, I can kind of get that way with the UFC. But the, you know, the promotion, the the fighters, for the most part, great. I love the the, the women's MMA. Uh, the storytelling of the UFC, it, it's just a natural progression of things. You know what I mean? It's like, it's what I wanted wrestling to be. Like, somehow wrestling decided to make like start making skits you know it's it's somewhat always been like that since like the early 2000s 
I remember like Stone Cold got hurt, and he, he and Kurt Angle was doing these stupid ass skits with these small cowboy hats and shit like that with the small guitar. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, it's just silly shit like that that I remember that I don't like. But it's also shit like Stone Cold chasing Booker T in a church, in a fucking, in the grocery store, wherever it was. But I also like skits like that. So somewhere in between, um, wrestling's kind of gotten away from ass kicking and more just like skit telling. I, I, I don't really know. But the UFC is hunger fighter working their way up. Um, you see interviews, you see post press conferences and stuff. You get to see, you know, just a little bit of everything and their rise. And the the best thing about MMA in general is that for the most part, I would say 96% of fans don't really care about people's record. Um, in boxing, your record, depending on who you are, your record is what you are. You know what I mean? Like Mayweather, he he would probably, uh, it would be a tempt to completely discredit him if he had lost, um, let's say, the Pacquiao, like the last one, last real boxing match. If he had lost to Pacquiao, I think people would have tried to discredit the 40-something fights before that. Like, think how crazy that is. You can beat everybody, uh, beat niggas for 42 times in a row, and then 43, I decide to lose. And then everything is discredited before that, even though uh, we're not going to help off a Floyd Mayweather any piece of shit. But you get what I'm saying. Um, he's an awful person. So with the UFC, you know, there are uh, a lot of fantastic fighters. Uh, Anderson Silva, GSP, uh, Daniel Cormier, uh, Steve Babyoche, uh, Fedor Emelianenko, like guys who are great and who have had great moments, but they've also like lost. They've taken L's. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I mean L's. Cormier has lost to two people. Um, he's lost to two people. Um, Fedor st- started losing uh, when he was. Much, much older. Um, anywhere near his prime, he's beating the shit out of people. But much, much older with different types of competition. It wasn't just, you know, these cats out there in pride. Um, it's a lot more athletic um, guys. So when he came out here, I mean, he fought, he lost to, um, he lost to Bigfoot Silver. He lost to, I was watching Cain Velasquez, but it's the person, he, he beat Cain Velasquez. Uh, Fucking Hall of Fame champion, Jesus. Uh, he loses by submission. Like, why can't I think of um? Why can't I think of this this guy's record? Why is this completely blanket from my head? This is so stupid. This is the dumbest thing ever. Fabricio Verdum, Jesus Christ, he was submitted by Fabricio Verdum. Uh. I believe he was either submitted or KO'd by Bigfoot Silver. And he had a competitive match with some dude that was like literally changing tires the week before. Um, but even past that, he's won fights, he's lost fights, but the fans still want to see him. Like, it, it's a true. 
it's a true fan sport, and you know it will always be to a fault. Um, because you you know you'll also have the hardcore incel type of fans that wrestling and MMA shares. Um, but it, it it's pretty good that you know fighters can lose, people slip because people fucking slip. I mean, jeez, in in the UFC, there's no there's no hiding. Right, so you fighting who you fighting. You're always fighting the best guys, really. So you're gonna lose. Um and that's one of the things I like about MMA. And that's one of the things that's gonna lead me into uh the UFC recap because Amanda Nunes, like for a lot of for a lot of new fans, we've pretty much since Ronda Rousey, right? That was her really like coming out party. That was 2016, right? So, if more than like, if you're a casual fan, if you're a new fan, a six-year window, if you were saying you've been watching the UFC for six years, I don't really think that's like casual really no more. If you've seen like a lot of pay-per-views a year and fight nights and stuff. But if you've been watching for that long, you haven't seen her lose in six years. So, you would think that she's... Invincible, almost. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's been all KOs. She's beaten everybody who who needs to be beat, right? So, she beat Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey had just lost her man to not man to Holly Holm, but she was still like, girl. Um, who the hell is she? Uh, well, she had choke man to take, then she did, then she beat. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko again. This is the second time they fought. So, first of all, beating Valentina Shevchenko twice. Okay, that's that's within itself. Beating Ronda Rousey within itself. Um, the next fight, she beats uh, Raquel Pennington. The next fight, she beats Christine Justino. Why is she fighting her? Who was this? Christian Justino. Oh, it's it's Cyborg. Jesus Christ. Who the hell is that? Just put Cyborg up here. So she killed Cyborg in the first round in under a minute, which is just one of the craziest fights you've ever seen. Cyborg, another goat, right? Cyborg is, is another goat, right? If you got a Mount Rushmore, Cyborg is up there. So is Ryan Rousey. So is Valentina Shevchenko. That's actually the four. Um, you could probably put Holly Holm in there since Holly Holm beat Ronda. But Ronda did a lot for the sport, so she's like a, a OG. Um, but she beat Cyborg, she beat Holly Holm, she beat uh, Duran, uh, Jermaine Durandamy, who is a, a dog. And Amanda was actually losing on the feet. She had to take her down and hold her down. Um, Felicia Spencer, she just, Jesus Christ, she's beating shit out of Felicia Spencer. Uh, Megan Anderson, she submitted her. Um, and then finally, she meets Juliana Pena, right? So she was winning for six years straight. So you didn't see her lose for six years straight. But if you go to 2014, she loses to Kat Zinganu by TKO. She's getting fucking blistered against Alexis Davis, she's getting fucking blistered. It's 2011, 2014. She's getting blistered. She's submitting. Uh, she's getting submitted, you know what I mean? Not submitted, but just just pounded, just beat up, you know, in these 
and she's always had these heavy hands, right? So she beats Shayna Baszler in 2015, and just didn't look back since. Yes, that is that Shayna Baszler uh, from WWE. She doesn't look back since, right? And she go all the way up, and she she loses to Juliana Pena, who Juliana Pena had just lost, like. To a fight before that. She won. She beat Sarah McMahon. Who Sarah McMahon is a good fighter. But Sarah McMahon is not at the, the, the fucking top of the division. Right? So she beat somebody who's just a person. She loses prior to that to Jorinda Mandarin. So in her four fights leading up to Amanda Nunes, she's two and two. You know what I mean? Like She's two and two, and she she's only on a one fight winning streak. It's not like she lost two and then won two in dramatic fashion and got right back. That happens a lot. Um, she won by decision. She lost by getting choked, and then she choked somebody, and then she came one and and beat Amanda. Right. So the 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 huge difference in success is why when they fought the first time. Juliana Pena was like a minus 800 underdog, like eight to one. Like if it's eight to one, minus 800 million, I think if you bet, if you bet $10, you're going to win. Is 800? Or is it 80? It might be $800. Yes, $800. I think you get what the hell I'm saying. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> so when they meet the first time, it's it's the exact fight, and I would highly recommend that anybody goes and watch Juliana Pena, Era Hawani. Uh, she cuts maybe the best promo I've ever seen uh, uh, out of anything in wrestling, UFC, anything, anything. Uh, she's really talking that shit. Ariel can't believe it. I can't believe it either. So I'm like, because I'm like, dog, like. She just won. She just won one fight in a row. Like, where is this coming from? But she's talking so much shit. You like, okay? Because she's saying, "Well, she's gonna kill me. Then let her kill me." Then so I was like, "Oh shit!" So she's like with it. She's like, "Okay, is she so much better than me? Then let's see it." No, I don't think nobody else had a better case. So they put her in there, and she proved that she was a UFC champion. She was UFC champion caliber, and um. You know, at 135, I do think they may just be the best, too. Um, I don't know who's at 135. We'll see how, how it bounces back. But uh, post-fight, I'll talk about the damn fight in a minute. A post-fight. Uh, and this was you have, this was the craziest thing about UFC. It's post-fight. Amanda Nunes wins a dominant fight, right? Like, one of the things is, like, 50 to 43, which is just crazy. Um, 50 to 45. And Amanda Nunes, like, beat the fuck up. She had one eye. It was blue. She's a, a light brown uh, skinned lady. Uh, light caramel type of skin. And her eye is fucking blue. Blue and black and closed and swole. And she dominated the fight. So that goes to show you how fucking tough Juliana Payne was. She almost submitted her once. But getting into the fight, it was just a brawl. It was a five-round brawl. And it felt like, you know, after the fight, Amanda Nunes said she wanted to 
she wanted the fight to go five rounds. And that don't make sense when you look at the damage um, that she has to her eye. But it does kind of make sense when you look at the fight because, like, I think in the second or third round, she dropped her like three times and didn't she let her up. But she went for takedowns in the next round after. Like, she took her down like three times and pounded her and threw some elbows. And, you know, it looked a lot of it in hindsight, a lot of it looked like she just wanted to fucking fight. You know what I mean? Like, the elbow she was throwing when she was on top would look so casual. And it looked so like, bitch, I'm about to really hit your motherfucking ass. It looked so much like that. And like I said, she, if you look at the Justin Gaethje and uh, Charles Oliveira fight, and he dropped Charles twice, he didn't jump on top of him to try to ground and pound and finish the fight. He just let him back up. And she did that. And then she started taking her down. So, like, I don't, and ground and pound it. So, and the shots were hard. Like, she was hitting her. This penny was flying off of her feet. These are hard fucking shots. It's crazy. She hits this hard. But um, it was a brutal, brutal fight. Uh, Pena, just uh, her forehead was just split open. Um, and it was a real bloody, nasty fight. And Amanda Nunes from the gate from the press conference. She looked great, though. Like, I don't know. She just looked way smaller than she's ever looked. Like, in some fights, she's she's never been fat. But there was a, to me, there was a a difference in her her waist. Um, And it just, in her overall size, in her face, uh, she just looked a lot smaller. Uh, She looked a lot smaller in the octagon for the fight. She she looked really similar. Like, I don't know how bad the weight cut was, but I'm gonna go back and look at the matter of fact, let's do that now. Um let's do Pena Nunes um weigh in. Pena Nunes one weigh in. Uh let's see if we can go back and find something. Yeah, Paul, yeah, way one, she looks way bigger. Um, now, and I, I don't mean bigger. She, she has more muscle on her. She has much more around her waist. Um, it's all lean, but it's there. In comparison to, let's see how how she looks on two. And I and I mean this about Pena and uh, Nunez as well. But Nunez just looks like a smaller person. Where is it? Let's see if we can find one. Yeah, right here. Yeah, oh yeah, she's just a smaller person in general, dude. Like, she's not like ripped, cause you know that muscle. You know when it's time to go, when you get tired, that muscle is what's gonna make you tired, need all that lactic acid. But she just looks much smaller as a person, so I can see that's how cardio was. It was just so great. She looked great for the whole round. She's never looked like that for five rounds. Like even as champion. Um, against Durandamy. She didn't look gassed against Durandamy, but she damn sure looked tired uh, against certain parts of Durandamy. So, um, I just thought she looked great. I thought it was a fantastic fight. 
thought it was one of the best women's fights I've ever seen. Um, just as far as toughness, as grit. And I think Amanda Nunes. Man, look at Amanda in the fucking in the in the promo. She looks she looks big. Just much bigger. She's yeah, she's just a much bigger person in general, man. I, I'm a uh, I'm a tweet that. Uh, when I post this, I'm going to show y'all because I'm just so, like, amazing. So, uh, Brandon Moreno, Kaikar France, another fantastic fight as the 125 is always up. Uh, um, Kaikar France almost had it. It was just a great fight. Uh, if you go and uh, look on Twitter and just look at Kaikar France uh, body shot, it actually shows, I'll, I'll post that too, where the toes hit his liver. It's a... There's a toe print, a fucking bloody toe print, like a foot print, but in blood where his liver is and where that liver kick hit. Um, I don't know, you know, a lot of people just don't know about liver kicks and liver punches, liver shots. Your whole body just fucking goes under shock and it just shuts down. So that's what happened to him. And it's such a light touch that can put your liver out. Um, and make you go out like that. So for it to be a, just a nasty, nasty body kick, I'll post a picture of that. It's just crazy. Um, Derek Lewis against um, Popovich. I actually kind of knew Derek Lewis would just get pieced up because I, I saw Popovich fought, fight last. Um, uh, who did he fight last? He fought somebody last time. And I'm like, wait, this dude is fucking huge. And he's... And he's he's throwing them dogs like he's really in that bitch, trying to throw. So these type of fights for Derek Lewis, I don't think you know. It, uh, wait, first of all, it was a bad stoppage. It was an awful stoppage, an early stoppage. But I think this dude is a beast. Like this is dudes like this is fodder. Typically, he's food for Derrick Lewis. But he's 30 years old. He's not some old heavyweight. They need to really start. Like, I think they just kind of building guys off of Derrick Lewis, and that's what you're supposed to do. And as him, as the older guy, giving these young guys a chance, I think, first of all, he didn't know his name. So he probably need to get that together. Um, because these dudes are from Russia. Like, yo, we come from bad neighborhoods here, right? Uh, Derek Lewis, I'm sure he's from, you know, uh, uh, some terrible neighborhood in Houston, uh, uh, Louisiana, wherever we from. We come from bad neighborhoods. Yo, but these niggas in Russia are like in... They, they're heating up. Like, a lot of these people they come from, they get, they're heating up with, like, logs, nigga. They burning, burning wood. For fire, we ain't really doing none of that. You know what I mean? It ain't good. And you can't compare uh, tragedy. I try not to compare people's situation at all, but it's a different, and they, they, they in the fucking tundra out there. You know what I mean? It's a different type of tough. Um, When you out there, it's a real different world of fighters these cats are. And we're seeing it in the MMA, um, we seen it with Peter Yan. Uh, even though Peter Yan is lost, Peter Yan's a fucking savage. They seen it in boxing, where these dudes are just tougher. Canelo just lost. Um, 
Um, Anthony Joshua, these dudes are just a little bit different. Um, so I think Derek Lewis found out that, and him not knowing his name, I think he thought this is just another guy. Um, excuse me, that, and that's incorrect. Uh, Michael Mann ain't alive uh, against Anthony Smith. Um, I mean, Ankalev is just, he's a beast. Like, I don't, he hits hard. He, he, first of all, it looks like he hits hard as fuck. He looks like a fucking, uh, uh, half a Bigfoot. It is, looks like, damn, I forgot Polo Costa and Luke Rocco was supposed to be on this car. Wow. Um, he just looks like he hit hard as fuck. And I think that's what happened. Uh, I think Anthony Smith, damn it, broke his leg, whatever happened, but, the fight wasn't close. He was getting pieced up a lot. And um, I don't know what Anthony Smith's going to do. You know what I mean? Like, I know he's he's on his, he's trying to get his way back to the title. He lost a lot of steam after the Jones fight. Um, but his career has always kind of been uh, up and down. What, what's his record? He's 36 and 17. You know what I mean? Like, his career has always kind of been up and down. It was more ups and downs. Obviously, he has a winning record. But. I think he needs to probably understand what type of fighter he is um, and what, not what type of fighter he is, what part of his career in fighting is he? Um, because he could just be, he's a, he's a great commentator. He's great. Um, the times I've seen him on Michael Bisping, talking with Michael Bisping. So he's great doing that. So obviously he has a good backup job. Um, but but I don't know what is, what is he falling. I know a couple of fights ago he fought um uh, a newer cat, the guy with the um the guy with the uh the the, the deer antlers, a deer some tatted on it. What's this cat name? I know he fought that guy. He fought this cat recently. Let me, let me find his record real quick. Show him a little res- respect. Uh, Devin Clark. So he beat Devin Cock, he beat Jimmy Crute, he beat Ryan Span. So he, he gets back to these points. So and that's how I figured his career is. So if you look at his career, mostly his UFC career, um, it started in, you know, in really like 2016 to 17. So he beat three people, and then he loses to Tiago Santos. I believe this is when he was at 185. And then he goes in. Yeah, I think he, this one he moved up to 205. He beats three people again. He beats Rashad. He beats uh, Shogun. He beats Volkan Ustamir. And he loses to John Jones. Then he beats Gustafson. He submits him. And he loses to, to Glover and Rockage. And then he wins three again. Devin Clark, Jimmy Crew, Ryan Spang. And then he loses to Magomed Ankalev. So... He puts together the fights. If you look at his career before through Bellator, it's a point where he won like six, seven straight. And he lost to, he lost in a, like an ultimate fighter thing. It looks like he may have won the, the one of the ultimate fighters, but um, just looking at his, his MMA career, dude, this dude's been fighting since 2008. He's an actual fucking like, professional fighter that's kind of crazy to make your living off of off of fighting um not just you know what i mean uh, you, obviously you know you make your living off fighting it 
But like, motherfuckers been fighting since 2008, and that's a long time. Takes punches. These ain't boxing. This is MMA. They take elbows, submit, uh, good submissions going. Like, it's a lot of stuff to worry about. Um, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, with Anthony Smith, um, you know she can figure out himself. Uh, how why am I starting to figure out his fucking career? But he's a good fighter, man. He just can't, you know. It's just a certain little threshold he hits, and uh, he has to reset again. So I guess it's up to him to figure out. He's thirty four years old. He's you know he still can go. Oh, uh, so I guess it's up to him to figure out. And he broke his leg in the. Damn. Yeah, I guess it's up to him to figure out what you want to do next. You know what I mean? So. Um, Coming back from a broken leg, I'm sure that's not a, a a real easy thing to do. But I thought this last UFC event was was great. Um, the prelims, I think the prelims was all right, but it wasn't the greatest calls. I've seen better calls, but uh, I I don't know how the UFC how the numbers go. I don't really, I don't really look at the numbers. But looking at UFC two seventy eight, what did I say two oh eight, uh two seventy eight. Is looking fantastic. So first of all, Kamal Ruzman and then Leon Edwards at the top of the card. Leon's is pretty much a three to one underdog. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Jose Aldo against Marab, um, Paulo Costa and, and Luke Rocco. That's what this guy pushed to. Francisco Figueroa against okay. A uh, Romanov against Tabira. Okay, that's a good fight because Romanov is a monster. Um. Okay, yeah, this card is just, we'll see what it is when we get there. Um, yeah, not a great card, 278. What the, f- like, this is definitely a, a, a title contending. Oh, they in Utah. Why would they be in Utah? Okay, they are in Utah. I remember um, Leon Edwards. He did an interview um, a couple of weeks ago, and they asked him, does he know where Utah is? He has no fucking idea where Utah is. He's never been to Utah, and they had to actually put out a map to find out where the fuck is Utah. Because uh, obviously Leon Edwards is from England, Birmingham, England, something like that. And uh, whenever he has to come here, it's usually just to go to Vegas or maybe to L.A., New York, you know, one of the hot spots. Nobody goes to fucking Utah. Um, so he was a little surprised as Utah likes to be in, is in Utah because he just wants to fight, but there's no fucking idea where Utah is. So, you know, I think the Jose Aldo fight is a is a is a great co-main. I think Paula Costa and Luke Rocco is a great a uh, co-co-main. But after that, Jesus uh, Francisco Figueredo, what the fuck? Um Alexander Romanov. I mean, okay. I mean, uh, maybe it's to showcase uh, Amir Obazi. He's 14-1. and one. Okay, it's more or less to, to showcase Amir Obazi. I'm not too familiar with it. I watched the tape on him. I'll, I'll talk to him about him on um, on Twitter. He's from Iraq. Oh, wait. He's 14-1. I know Francisco Fregueredo, uh, he had a, a, a quick win against somebody last. It was a quick submission. He like dislocated motherfucker on shoulder real quick, like a fucking roach. Um, 
So we'll see how they what they're trying to do when they put him in there. But uh, just looking at it, things may change. You know, shit changes all the time with these UFC cards. Looking at initial, I like the last three fights, but you know, when UFC pay per views going up like ten dollars, twelve dollars, uh, I want y'all to get it together, please. Um, what else did I want to talk about? I wanted to talk about. I didn't think I was going to be talking about UFC that long. I want to talk about a little bit about the the quarterback situation in the NFL. Of course, I don't. I just find this purely through social media. Um, I know Lamar Jackson won MVP. I did not see his MVP yet, uh, but I saw stats, and I saw a quote from a anonymous, of course, anonymous defense coordinator with a very nonsensical quote. I actually don't believe that the quote comes from an anonymous person. I believe the person who said it made it up or heard somebody else said it and just threw a GM name on it because as a GM, not a GM, a defensive coordinator, that's not even a logical, unless it's somebody in division, right? Unless it's, uh, you know, Cincinnati, you know, because division, they're going to talk shit. It won't be too many compliments. You know what I mean? So I thought the quote was very nonsensical. And I saw a lot of things. And I'll ask y'all, actually, I've discussed this a little bit on the TL. I'll ask y'all, how can a quarterback who's never been to the playoffs in a short amount of time, right? This we're talking. This may be Justin Herbert's three, third or fourth year. Maybe in the league three or four years. This may be the third right now. Lamar Jackson is one year older than him, but I think he's still a lot younger than most uh, quarterbacks. So I think he may have been in the league four or five years. How can someone who's already succeeded? Being an MVP, a most valuable player, can be put lower than someone who's never been to the playoffs. And we're talking quarterback. Quarterback is primarily based upon success and MVPs. The MVPs think it's a little skittish because the NFL MVP is not as, uh, for some reason, uh, to me, it feels like it doesn't carry as much weight or it doesn't have as much maybe drama behind it as the NBA MVP. I think the NBA in general just has a lot more drama. It's a lot more drama-driven, the the gossip and, you know, the trades and the signings. Um, then the NFL, so that's probably a thing, but the NFL MVP, is it just disregarded? I mean, that that's the only reason I can see somebody who's been in the league four or five years and has gotten an MVP versus somebody who's been in the league three or four years and hasn't even been to the playoffs. And that quarterback, how can on every list and stats similar. What is that? 
um, because the 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 nonsensical defensive quote, uh, the the nonsensical quote is a racist quote. Um, it's not racist. It is is well, it's not racist. And he didn't say nigga, uh, but it, it has prejudice built within it. Um, and you can only interpret certain things in certain ways. You know what I mean? Like after three, four hundred years of having these kind of things going on, you look at history to kind of make your decision on, on the present, right? Like, uh, when people say, um, like the, the word nigga, for instance, um, if cracker versus nigga, that, I think that's a, a good way to do it. Cracker doesn't have any history behind it. Like, it, it, it has prejudice behind it, but it doesn't have historical like of 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 racism behind it it's more hate behind it than 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 prejudice like you know what i mean there's been there's hundreds of years behind one word and like 32 or 42 behind the other one like it's it's the unfortunate it's an unfair comparison but it's a comparison that's brought up because maybe one side is trying to, you know, I don't know this this oppression Olympics thing, been a it's been a multi sided thing, and even people are who usually don't uh, cry for 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 help and assistance or uh, being oppressed, those people are saying, hey, well, this happened to me, this happened to me, and that's how we kind of fall into some things. But getting off of that, I think the. I think the quote just has a lot of prejudice uh, in it that just looks like uh, racism. It's, it's, it's walling. It's quacking. It don't fly that much. So we're going to call it what it is. Uh, I wanted to move on to, to we're going to stay on football too. It's, it's a lot of hot, point, hot, hot spots I want to touch on. And um, it's a lot of things I wanted to get through. Actually, the UFC kind of helped me up, uh, just because I get so excited that the fucking Nunez and Pena fight was just so bloody. Just two, just two motherfuckers just going at it, man. I don't really like seeing women. Just yeah, like it's it's very weird. Um, but competitive spirit and just toughness and grit—you can see it in them. You can see that they want it. Um, when you have uh, women or any fighters in there where you can see the damage is so one shot sided that they don't want to be in there anymore. That's when it looks really bad, really cringe. Justin Gaethje against um, Tony Ferguson looked like that. I believe Tony Ferguson had a, a broken orbital bone and he just kept getting hit in it by the dude who hits the fucking hardest. And it was a certain point where he just winced and he just completely turned his body away. And um, it, it looked bad, it looked cringe. And you could tell a broken orbital it's a fucking broken tectonic plate a broken face plate um so i'm sure getting punched in it uh fucking hurts uh so getting off there going back uh, i want to talk about the jake paul um thing because that is a quote-unquote fight i knew was not gonna happen anyway um the Tommy Fury guy, uh, initially, this was Tommy Fury against 
Jake Paul. Tommy Fury is faking and acting like he can't get into the country, right? So about a month and a half ago, Tommy Fury said he couldn't get in the country. He's banned. He's basically banned from the United States, right? The fight, it's not even set to go until like next week. And this was at least a month and a half, two months ago, uh, where all this says. So um, I I kind of think this has been a sham from the beginning because how can you have two opponents cancel on you in, in a span of two months um, for a fight? "Quote unquote fight that was supposed to be booked in Madison Square Garden, and when it was booked, initially uh, an, an opponent wasn't even put out there. It was just Jake Paul versus question marks. Uh, Jake Paul versus fucking Mister America. Uh, you know Hulk Hogan with the with the with the silver and blue mask on uh, against Rey Mysterio. There was no opponent, so this feels like a the, everything just feels like a sham." Um, so they had um I seen I saw Rockman's son um step in. Uh he initially complained a lot about the the, the weight clause and uh, Jake Paul in this camp who's been much bigger than everybody who has fought. Uh this dude weighs Jake Paul weighs like 194, 195. Uh Tyron Willie fought at 170. And you may say, well, Tyron Willie is a you know is a fighter, is a champion. We know that. Jake Paul know how to box. Y'all didn't know that. Like, people who know how to fight other boxers think they know how to box too. They just want to see them go against actual boxing competition. If you've ever seen Roy Jones Jr. talk about them, or uh, I think Paulie Marginale, uh, 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 he beat Roy Jones, Antonio Tarva, they all respect these dudes' actual boxing skills. That they 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 respect that they go in there and they work to train. They know the people that they train with, and they talk to those people and they say, "Yeah, these dudes get it in." I you can look YouTube, you can listen to this. So when you're fighting a dude who's thirty to who's thirty pounds smaller than you, it's a little different. Um, even if he is a, a quote unquote real fighter, um, Nate Robinson, basketball player, um. Ben Askren, an old retired fighter uh, who, who's never been known to punch anybody. who's all wrestling, all takedown. Um, that was really bad. But he was also a 172. Um, and he also had hip surgery like the next week. So, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, they had the potential with this fight. And it just couldn't follow through. Um the 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 way thing looked like a real issue, and it looked like they wanted to make it as a real issue. Either they wanted to completely drain him. I seen Rockman before he got to the the boxing ring, um, because in his weight class he had to get to like two hundred and I, th- I think two hundred and five pounds, right? And he's a he's a big guy, um, but he's not uh, uh huge, but um, he had to cut the weight. And they said um, by that night, he had to be like 214, but he had to stay that way, whatever the boxing clause was. It was a very, very strenuous clause. And even other people, uh, MMA fighters, um, 
spoke on it and they said like yeah this is pretty crazy uh that you would put, try to put somebody through this so uh, they wanted to to dream as much as possible but it actually ended it on the bad side where uh, they had to cancel the fucking fight completely so just all a sham um at some point i will actually maybe respect this if um uh these cats fight real people uh, but i really don't see that happen and really at all uh uh, but but we'll see how it go, you know. Um, maybe next one. I I'm not sure who else they can pull out, put Will Rabbit out the hat to try to fight because every fight has been handpicked. Like I said, you fought Nate Robson, who's a, a five six basketball player, um, who weighs 150, 160 pounds. Like you probably have 40 pounds on this dude, and he don't know how to box. So, uh. uh that's what really throws everything off, and um, it's just yeah, it's it's pretty disrespectful. But uh, the boxing cats, to me, the boxing cats think it's cool, so I, I'm all right with it. Uh, Roy Jones, Antonio Tarver, and all these legends. Uh, I've seen Lennox Lewis say things on it, and it wasn't dismissive. So if they cool with it, you know, I can somewhat tolerate it. Uh, but yeah, moving on to another topic. Something else I want to uh, discuss. I want to discuss the two nasties. Um, and this is all the way off the board. The two nasties. The first nasty is a nasty we've discussed. It's Nasty Man Watson, right? So Nasty Man Watson, it is looking like that he may get a six. I've seen up to 12. Well, let's say a six to eight game suspension. Quick, quick. Quick, um, quick moment of silence, real quick. Okay. So, if you have 26 lawsuits and you've had to settle so far 25 of them, are you guilty or are you not guilty? If you have 26 lawsuits and Let's see if let's see if we got some devil's advocate people. Twenty six lawsuits. You may say twenty six lawsuits don't mean he's guilty. That just means people sued him twenty six times. True. What does twenty five settlements mean? Because if it's not true, then it's not true. Twenty five settlements so far. It's like fifty six women. So, Calvin Ridley last year somehow revealed, I think he self-snitched, somebody saw it, saw his name. Nigga did a parlay, three-game parlay. He got suspended for the year. He didn't bet on his own team or himself. But he did bet. 26 lawsuits based upon Sexual assault. 25 settlements so far. Parley. One year, six to eight games, and a now 17-game season, right? So, doesn't make sense. 
this is another reason. And if I was watching football, this would be the, another reason that I wouldn't. I would actually not watch it. And this is the, the reason. I'm actually not going to watch it again. Uh, so I'll maybe discuss the gambling side of it because you can just look at stats. You don't got to watch the game. to You can study stats. But I definitely won't be watching this product again. Uh, pretty, pretty wild, right? So there's another Nasty, and his name is Nasty Big Man. So Nasty Big Man is 77 years old. Vince McMahon is 77, 77 years old. Right, so y'all know I know a little bit about the wrestling, right? So in two thousand and I would say four five ish, the WWE and years before that, prior before that, WWE went to a training company called OVW. OVW, if anybody know about wrestling, etc., it's ran by a guy named Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette, manager, podcaster now. But this guy's been in the wrestling business since the late 70s. Jim Ross was the guy over talent relations. Talent relations is the guy who hires the guys. Kurt Angle, The Rock, and plenty of other guys were signed by Jim Ross. Cornette's and Jim Ross' relationship would be more or less, I'm training guys, I'm sending them to you. When I need guys, if y'all get some guys that's in trouble, you need to get get them in shape. Like the Big Show would have to go out there. Mark Henry went out there because they need to lose weight. Come off television. Go out there, get some work. Teach the young guys. This was broken up by Vince McMahon. And a gentleman named John Laurinaitis. From that, they started FCW, Florida Championship Wrestling, right? So they took it from OVW, and they went to Florida. That later became NXT, which is on television now, after Laurinaitis had to go. Then Triple H came in, and that's how we got NXT. John Laurinaitis had to go because John Laurinaitis um, cost the company millions of dollars by having... Uh, sex with uh, I don't know if it was forcible but he had to fucking go they were sued he had to go and this was in let's say 2014-ish 11-ish 10 to 15 I don't know the exact year it's in between his time right so it goes from there and it goes to NXT Triple H comes in it's a totally different regime right so there's always been these stories. You guys have seen Dark Side of the Ring. We've talked about Dark Side of the Ring, where all of, where the wrestling cast was on a plane. They were they were drunk, belligerent, high off of fucking pills, um, assaulting um, the uh, flight attendants, sexual assaulting some of them. Not you know nobody. I don't think anybody you know grabbing them, groping them, shit like this. Right? Just disgusting shit. And it was rumored. Vince McMahon was on a plane. Uh, there's been some people that kick back on that. The majority of people know he was at the front of the plane, right? There's also been rumors that 
Vince McMahon in other situations if uh, coerced is a I guess a legal word I'll use uh, several women into doing what he wanted them to do for creative to get more creative push and did not push him so not only is he a, a shitty businessman he's worst type shitty businessman because he tell him you give me some head, I give you a job. And he get the head though, he getting a job. So he's 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 a, the ultimate piece of shit. So in let us say between 2016-ish to 2020-ish. Well more before that, wrestling has sucked for a very long time. Wrestling has, has been trash. More of my life than it's been good most of my life. You know what I mean? Like, it's been garbage more than it's been good in my life. So, in 2000, I think maybe 18-ish, Vince McMahon goes down to NXT. Because he's, he's famed to be this guy that just looks forward. He only worries about one thing and he overreacts. So, he goes on there. He doesn't see the talent that he he sees talent and he doesn't like. And he overreacts. He takes everything from Triple H, NXT. He gives it to John Laurinaitis. He makes John Laurinaitis uh, over-talented again. Just like he when he removed Jim Cornette, John Laurinaitis took Jim Ross's job. And then John Laurinaitis also ran the FCW. So they knocked two people out. They knocked Cornette out and they knocked Jim Ross out at the same time. And Laurinaitis did both of those jobs. He he kind of oversaw both of them. This time, when he oversaw both of that, it's this period I'm talking about where wrestling is horrible. It's it's what you've been seeing in wrestling since 2006, maybe. Everything since past 2006 has been on Laurinaitis and McMahon. Up until 15, 16, and now back again up until recently, right? So, the lawsuits, I'm trying to give you some history on, on, on a little bit of everything. And so, it's been, he's had lawsuits before, Vesic Man, right? Both of them. So, Lauren Allen got pushed out of the company uh, because of the lawsuit before. Vesic Man has been sued. Uh, times in before, there's been rumors time before where he's done the same thing, coerced women into doing this and doing this for, you know, for a spot. And not doing it for him, but doing it for him. And it comes out that more, most recently, um, there was an, an intern or a paralegal, I'm sorry, a paralegal that was she lived with McMahon, right? So you say you live with McMahon, she's married. He's 77. I'm going to assume that him and his old lady ain't been married for, for quite a while. If you're just kind of looking from outside in, obviously we don't know what's going on. But they both look like they have their own little power moves and power plays. So the paralegal was hired in, but she wasn't a paralegal. She had never done it before. So she was hired in at three times or four times the average salary for paralegal in Connecticut in Connecticut which is you know Connecticut I'm, I'm assuming is a little bit higher because the cost of living is higher out there so she's paid four times the amount as that and as she's 
working, everybody's finding out that she has no idea what she's actually doing. Like, and also, she brags, well, not brags, but just casually talks about her relationship with Vince McMahon. Apparently, this is in the books. They live together in an apartment in Connecticut. So, it looks as though he's getting some outside cat. Outside cat. Who he decided to bring inside. And by inside, I mean inside his company. And pay her that way. The problem with this, how he got into legal trouble is... The next year, she got a raise. She got double the fucking raise. So she's making a hundred thousand. She got two hundred thousand. If that's your money, you're still a fucking awful person. It's not really that illegal. Problem is, he was using somebody else's money, which is public money. Why is wrestling public company? I don't know why anybody would trust Vince Man and pull money into Vince Man's hands. I would have absolutely no idea. Um, but this is the thing. So in 2019, according to the books, Vince McMahon, this paralegal, leaves this position and goes to work on the John Laurinaitis, where it is stated that then John Laurinaitis starts to have an affair with this same young lady. So at 75 years old, Maybe 74. A CEO of a company brought in who a, a, a woman he was fucking and a job she had no idea she can do and gave her raises and raises. And then maybe he was seemingly done with her. He moved her to another position where his former friend or his friend who was in the company before and fired for the same type of shit comes back and he passes her to him these are 60 and 70 year olds 75 and like 60 something year olds right and then she signs an NDA and she goes it, and it's NDA and like a I guess a 3 million dollar payment to stay quiet right So how all this comes back out, I assume, excuse me, I assume maybe throughout her talks and friendship with, you know, her friends while she was fucking fixing man, since she was bold enough to say this at work. Um, it is it reported that at one point, one of the managers inside WWE had to pull her to the side and say, hey, you're making shit awkward. Stop fucking talking about fucking Vince man. We know we don't need to hear about it. We don't need to hear about Vince's fucking quibbles. You know what I mean? Um, so, first of all, the overall lack of maturity of, of just uh, of everything that's going around here is it's pretty wild. The second thing is, well, the second thing is, let me, let me kind of get back to it, right? So, he pays her. She goes NDA, right? Uh, supposedly this is two, three million dollars. Three million dollars to just disappear and leave after fucking, I don't know, right? So this is all crazy. So 
they see this and by the the chairman after the chair the, the board now i want to say the chairman he's the chairman uh one of the chairman the board of chair people they find this out and the legal part about it is that he's using company funds to pay her he he used company funds to give her raises she didn't need and he used company funds to pay the two three millions now the tricky part is it's becoming out story after story that this nigga has like 20 million of NDAs and keep hush money that he's been doing within the last 15 years, maybe 10 years, 10, 15, almost $23 million of don't say this. We fuck. Don't say this. We fuck. Now I'm a, I'm a leave this floating thing out here. And, uh, Paying three, four, five million dollars. One of the biggest cases was like eight. Paying somebody eight million dollars to not say anything about me at all. That kind of don't sound like just fucking. Like it doesn't sound very consensual to me that $23 million of payments can go out to women. To stay quiet about our relationship. That doesn't seem. That don't make sense to me. That don't make sense to me at all. Um, So why. You know. The them being married part. And you know. We're in 2022. that, That wasn't even brought up. Like sympathy for his wife. Wasn't even brought up by anybody because I think everybody kind of know that, you know, they probably ain't living in the same house in 20 years. Being 75 and 70 and 71, 73 years old, using company funds, Living with a chick in a paralegal and bringing it to your company, WWE, which is one of the, just the most famed companies. And having all the paralegals know and all the people know secretively that you're fucking all of these women. And there's other women who have had to give you favors, sexual favors. You have to pay off other women. What in the flying hickory fuck could possibly be going through a 75 year old this is worse than a Robert Kraft shit like the Robert Kraft got away with a crime he was busted in by the fucking FBI busted in didn't even know the dumbass nigga was in there he was just there so they wouldn't even there for him he was just there so he's definitely committing a crime if you just there, if the if the strip club, you come to the strip club and you see me there, nigga, and you wasn't meet trying to meet me there, I probably oh, I'm probably always there. So Robert Kraft was just there when they busted that place. <laughs> this nigga was just in there drinking some water. He was just having a couple couple fucking agua. This man is. 75 years old, 77, 
passing off pussy. And this is not even the worst part. The worst part is John Laurinaitis' his wife. It's like brain cancer during this time. So these are maybe two of you do some of the worst type of people you're gonna meet. Um it, it's pretty shocking. It's not it's not really that shocking. He's been a nasty the fact that there's been like decades of of rumors and lawsuits and stuff like this and innuendo stuff like this going on and he's been such a overly horny character especially like I say over the last 20 years for the first 12 I think it's some pretty sick shit I'm gonna keep it cool I think it's a pretty sick shit. And these are the two nasties. Because what the fuck? Watson is a he's a football no, like I just said you separate you can't separate all something. Like Watson is a prodigy at what he does. Anybody who's ever play football or play quarterback talks about his potential and what he is right now. Vince McMahon has run one of the most successful companies and one of the weirdest pieces of entertainment. It's such a niche. I I compare wrestling to like the liquor business because the liquor business is retail. It ain't selling shirts and fucking clothes. And as much as you want to treat it like selling shirts and clothes because you both get money for them, it ain't selling shirts, clothes, and socks and shoes and shit. It's not the same. And wrestling is entertainment, but it damn sure ain't the same kind of entertainment as anything else. It's it's basically a male soap opera. It's what the women watch... uh, all these love and hip hop shows and these stripper hip hop shows or whatever these shows for is is it's a combat version of that. Simulated combat, or at least it's supposed to be. Um, so for these people, and then watching like DM and one on Instagram, it's so it's so crazy that people can just have so much in front of them and so much potential and so much like a, a, a bit so much of ability to change things for the better for people WWE is famed for doing the make a wish stuff John Cena's done more make a wishes than anybody ever in history and he made a decision John Cena, business-wise, to never go heel, to never be a bad guy on television. We always wanted it. We always looked for him to him to be a bad guy on television. He never did it. Because if he was a bad guy on television, he couldn't do the make-a-wish stuff. 
He couldn't do make a wish for the kids. That's what type of motherfuckers. Even John, he, John Cena could be a terrible person. I don't know what he is. But the fact that you got somebody like that, the fact that you have a company like that, that changes lives like that, WWE changed what they do in general so they can have kids in front of the audience. You look nice kids in front of the audience. They change everything. And you got the nastiest motherfucker in the history of American television. Close to it. Being a fucking deviant. Behind stage. Not even being a deviant in his own world. I mean, out, outside of his world. If you say Vince McMahon got caught with some prostitutes. If you say Vince McMahon got caught with Rob Kraft got caught up with it. I'd be like, okay. I can believe this. But this type of interplay in a thing like this. It's just nasty. There, there hasn't been any like proof of, of wrongdoing. It's just, just to me, a nasty way to carry yourself. I don't know what it is. Like, it's 77, dog. It's 77. You can't babyface this. Like, he tried to come back and do the come back and it's us forever and skipping off the steps. Dog, you can't babyface this. You can't be the good guy. So, I don't know if Vince McMahon just worked himself into that. He tried to make himself the good guy back when Bret Hart left. When he thought he could come out and the fans was going to sympathize with him. Um, I think he thinks he, he still has that same psychological effect. You don't. You don't, player. Uh, and that's proof by him being forced to retire. Imagine this shit. Vince McMahon having to retire. His own company. Shit he bought from his daddy. His daddy company. That he decided to make public. Idiot is how you lose it, but. Just for being too damn nasty, man. Just for being too damn nasty, so. Thank y'all for listening. I have to end that up just on a nasty note, unfortunately, man. But my goodness, man, I I just get disgusted when people got everything in front of them. That's why I was showing the sympathy to criminals, especially millionaire criminals. You got a million dollars. You got $10 million. Uh, you could do a lot for people. You could go up to your old neighborhood and say, I'm going to pay y'all light bill for two months. And the whole neighborhood will feel a fucking relief. But nobody decides to do that. They decide to abuse their power. And, and just use it for just terrible shit. So, um, I hate seeing stuff like that. And I hate reading about shit like that. Um, especially, like, goddamn, you tell somebody, hey, you got to fuck me for a position. You don't even give it to him. God damn, Jesus Christ. And nigga, at least... Uh, at least uh, agree on a deal. At least do your part on the deal. This nigga is just terrible. Either way it goes. So appreciate y'all for listening. Episode 108. We're gonna go on YouTube at Dusty Wolf Tyler.